Hello, hello, and welcome to this, the latest edition of the Ian Prendercast, another Carlton podcast brought to you as always by the fair people at MGA Traffic and 121 Media. We're back to do it all again. Timbo's just trying to delicately balance his laptop on the edge of a table. <laughs> I was trying to play along to help out. <laughs> we got there in the end. Uh, we're here to dissect Saturday night's loss to the Port Adelaide Power, all caps. Um, off the top, we do have a, an absence, a fabsence, if you will. A <laughs> fabsence. Um, Baba Ganoush is not here. He is undergoing treatment. He, uh, I always tell him to not tell people about his health struggles or anyone's health struggles because no one wants to lead off a fun and frivolous podcast with, you know, not dire news, but just, you know, bad news. Uh, but he's undergoing some treatment. He's in good spirits, but he's not here. Uh, so a shout out to Faba Ganoush. And I think he wants a bit of love. So hit him up on Twitter. Yeah, we love you, Fab. I just think, I'm not saying he's out for the attention, Timbo, <laughs> but I think he, he wants a bit of love coming his way. He wants a bit of hugs and kisses. So the, reach the, out to him on Twitter. and He goes through a lot, though. He he's, does. He, he's he, been dealt a challenging hand, and he, does it and he doesn't complain about it too much. No, so, no, uh, not at all, not at all. But go go to Twitter, let him know how he, you know, you, you're missing him, you feel him, you want him back, and maybe he'll come back. I don't know. Fingers crossed. We'll wait and see. Um so, Dr. Davis, you are back. You've been subbed in for Faber Ganoush. Um, <laughs> Effectively. From, from following the, the week away. Uh, how are you going? I'm good. I'm okay. good. You'll be happy to know that um, the Beverly Hills under 13 have kicked off with a win. That's extraordinary. Yes. Kicked 12 goals too. 12 goals enough to win it. Once upon a time, 12 goals. We, we'd kick 12 goals across six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> who, who are the poor souls that felt your wrath? We played Glen Iris. Are they terrible? Uh, no, no, they're a pretty good side. They're, they they have two teams. Their first team plays in the, the top gold division. And so we played against their second 20, call it. and um, But it's our best 20 in our group. So um, we, um, we, we took them on and we acquitted ourselves well and um, finished off well, six goals in the last quarter. So um, happy days. Did you sing the song? We sung the song. Just pad for a minute while I get my headphones sorted, Timber. No, that's cool. I can see what you're trying to do there. But, uh, but yeah, after a year out and um, a couple of challenges of being short of numbers in the previous season. A heavy, heavy course with uh, Mr. Stephen Dank. <laughs> exactly right. Um, but, no, we recruited well in the off-season. Got a few new kids in and um, we're having... We're, we're, it looks like we're going to have a very competitive season. A few new kids moved into the neighbourhood. That means a win for Timber. <laughs> that's exactly right. Exactly uh, right. I was going to say something about that. The uh, Dr. Davis helming the. One of my, I went down and watched you one day, and you weren't impressed post game. They wanted to sing the song after a loss, and you were like, "This is not happening. Shut up." I can't. I can't remember. I don't know whether it I was think, a Richmond think, team you were playing, and uh, you had a bit of a loss. You were hanging around, hanging around. You got rolled, but uh, there was some consternation. Do we sing the song? You go, no, we don't no. sing the song. No. Well, and what was interesting was this. This side. The, the bulk of this team have played together um, since under-8s, Auskick and under-8s. There's some continuity there. Yeah, but they had a couple of seasons where they didn't win a game, and, and they even commented that they had 11 games straight where they didn't score. That's not good. So trying to keep this group together over the years has been challenging. There's been some kids that have gone elsewhere you know, seeking... Wins. Scoring. Well, scores, <laughs> not even wins. <laughs> seeking the low bar of just Correct. scoring. But in the end, the guys that have hung around, uh, they're cut from the right cloth. And uh, so, yeah, so we've, we, we've managed to bolt on some talent in around uh, a really tough, hard, 
resilient group of boys and um, they, they're working well together. Timbo's presided over a rebuild and a cultural shift. I like it. So I this, like this it. is what we've done. Well, speaking of that kind of stuff, we're going to talk a bit about that now, um, Timbo. Now, we'll just get back in, straight into it, I suppose. Yep. Saturday night's loss to the power up front. Nobody was demanding knee expecting a win against Port Adelaide. It was funny because I text messaged you during the day Saturday and I'm the same as you. You thought, if we play our best footy, we will compete. We've both got outs. We're both missing players we'd like to have out there. Exactly. But we'd also just beaten the Gold Coast. And Frio. And worked hard to do so. And and Port had come off beating the double reigning back-to-back premiers Richmond. And at exactly like at about two hours after the text message, Gold Coast had waited fifty nine minutes to kick their first goal against Western Bulldogs. There was a the golf, form line was not strong. There was a golf in class. There was a that, golf, but, but we all recognise walking to the venue that doesn't shift when we sit in our seats. Now that doesn't excuse we're going to talk about the performance more than the result. Yeah, the result is what it is, and I think realistic Carlton fans should be realistic. They should be sitting there and going. Port Adelaide just a better team than we are at this point in time. That shifts, that changes. We're better than other teams at the moment, which is why we will beat them. Yep. Port are better than us, that's why they won. So I think that like what's a bit frustrating for me is we're obviously the story, the media loves Carlton in crisis or turmoil. I'll give you, who would you, not whose position would you rather be in as such, but St Kilda rocked up in a very similar game, playing a well-credentialed opponent, a contender, in Richmond, how did they go, Timbo? Um, they kind of didn't. They lost turn by up. fifteen goals. They lost by was it eighty six points in the end. That's Brett Ratton's biggest loss as a coach. Fronting wow. up against wow. a good team, yep. a contending team. They are a team that want to press their claims and show their credentials. Similarly to us, in a way, we fronted up against Port, and look, they had us at arm's reach for most of the game. Yep. They ended up winning by five goals, which is probably about right. Maybe Pro- a tiny probably. bit flattering for us. Yeah. But yep. it's, you sit there and go, at least it wasn't 10 goals. Yeah. At one point, it probably looked, it could this could blow away. And we go from deserving a 40-point loss to copying a 70-point loss. Correct. So that's just where the teams are at the moment. Being disappointed is understandable, and we're going to talk about the disappointing aspects of the performance. Yep. But don't conflate performance and result. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and, and there was a very, very big difference between the two. And, I, I mean, we'll... We'll work out how we, we, we delve into it and cut into it, but I think, as you sort of said, Port had us at arm's length. There were elements of their game that they did easy, and we let them do it easy. And I think, in the end, what probably kept us alive is is Jacob Wiedering had a, a dominant performance against a very, very good player. Why does he not get mentioned... We're gonna, he's one of our chicken salads. We'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it look, later. Cause look, we... The short answer is I don't know, but what my suspicions are is in the same... Well, we've always said it. There, There is a... The bastion of media were, when they were 15, 10 and 15 years of age, Carlton was a power. Yep. As a group, they're not that interested in telling the world how good Carlton or Carlton players are because... They don't like us. I think, too, there's an element. Once again, we'll, we'll go into this in detail. And, and we've made it very easy for them absolutely. to be negative against us for a very, very long time. But with a guy like Wiedering, I think there's actually also an element of... I'll give you... Lear is 
playing some good footy at the moment. I don't think he's playing the sort of footy uh, that he's getting praise for. I think he's playing all right. He's got a good team yep. that's playing well, that allows him to play well and all that kind of stuff. Darcy Moore's had his struggles. You know, they moved him forward. Those stats that were damning about how he's performing defensively. Yep. Going, Jacob Wiedering is doing it in a team that's really up against it. And he's playing one-on-one and he's beating his man. Yep. And you sit there going, he is the All-Australian, whether it be fullback, centre-half back. He's just not getting the credit for whatever the reason is. Is it because he's the number one pick and, oh, well, well, the, oh he, you know, you'd expect him to be good. Yeah. Whereas Alira Lear is not the number one pick. Oh, well, yep. you'd, you'd expect him to be good. But I think what you touched on too is Alir is big, but Alir is very mobile. And I reckon they tend to try and utilise guys like Jonas and, um, forgive me, the other big bloke down back who plays the key position role. Name escapes me. But it seems like Alir gets to play a little bit looser hmm. and be more third man up and zones off. We're going to exactly talk about this, Timbo. You talked about one-on-one one one and all that sort of stuff. We're going to talk about yep. playing players to their strengths. Yep. And that's what they recognise. We don't do any of it. Yep. But Port have clearly gone, Alir's an attacking Type of player. Let's let's take the uh, let's take the leash off him and yep. let him loose yep. and let him feel like he can jump at the ball and attack the ball. And well, he's run the wall. Off. That, that, they refer to him as the wall at the moment, and he they are they are they've used him so very very well. Um, and there haven't been a lot of teams that have come up with three and four key position players that have forced him to be played one on one, and as a result, he gets to play to his strengths and mm. and and puts. Port's deriving the benefit accordingly. Pretty simple. Uh, what I wanted to see going into the game on Saturday night, we've sort of had three and four of these in the last couple of weeks. It's introducing it as a segment. I wanted to see one thing. Effort. How do we measure up against a good club? Yeah. Not a side, not a good team. Yep. Port Adelaide are a good club at the moment. Yep. How do we measure up against a good club? Um, how do we perform against their system? What are our standards like? What's our mentality like? Etc. Etc. Tying into that, Timbo, we can sort of discuss this with the next um, topic I'm going to bring up. You obviously weren't on the show last week. We recorded quite late in the week, and by that stage, David Teague had done his press conference. You were pretty strong. I think we were in lockstep, um, you, Fab, and myself, about Teague's comments during the week and leading into the game. And you sort of thought, good clubs, Ken Hinckley would never say that. Not just because he has confidence in the result and all that, but Ken Inkley would never say that. I talk to my under-13s and I don't want to talk about position on the ladder. I don't want to talk about whether the opposition's good or whether the opposition is bad. I want my team, my boys, to play the game and the contest on its merit. Don't even talk... You don't... You're always told in any high level of sport, it's process, not result. And he he talked about... He basically gave us the out, so, you know, basically saying a good effort will be enough. And you're like, uh, like I beg enough, your pardon. You're like enough for what? I beg your pardon. Excuse me. You're talking about my football club here. Don't, don't water down any of their capabilities. And and um, there's a classic quote from Muhammad Ali, and he said, uh, "I am the greatest." I said it before I even knew that I was. And you just sit there and you're going, he doesn't. He does not entertain the notion. Correct. That and, his opponent might beat him. Yeah. He does not entertain the idea. I know we're comparing the Carlton Football Club with Muhammad Ali, but mate, the, it's that, the mindset. It's the that mindset. Goes with it. It's the mentality of sitting there going, "We win." 
we are good enough. You know, what sure. the, you know what we, we can be good enough. I reckon in the last five, six odd years, the only time we have manifested the right kind of attitude going into a game of football was against Hawthorne. When all week it was, we beat them tonight. 2017, we beat them tonight. This won, a, won a car that night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of winners there. Um, but <laughs> You're right, but, absolutely. But, but all week the talk was, we haven't beaten them since 2005. Tonight's the night, we beat them. And it was the premiership uh, anniversary. Yeah, and but the, they... they they put the expectation on their backs. Yep. And the club put and it, it on and them. And it was comfortable. They were comfortable. And they with sat it. there and said, We win tonight. Yep. You win this game tonight. Not, boys, I, I believe in you guys. You know, we've done all the work. And, and I think that, you know, we just got to go out there and play our bullshit, Teague. Stop saying it. Yep. And if somebody, and I, I made the note here actually <clears throat> after um, the podcast last week, he said it before the Collingwood game. Yeah. Once, as a slip from a young, inexperienced, developing coach, you'd kind of go, "Yeah, okay, we'll train that out here." Okay, but you'd you'd sit him, you'd say, "Look, David, probably language-wise, that's not good. Don't say that externally." Yep, etc. And you'd put he's on doing the, the job of a journalist. He, he, he's doing the job of somebody that has an opinion, who's taking a step back from two teams, and and saying. Geez, I'm looking at this Carlton team. They're developing along nicely. They've got a couple of injuries at the moment, but their footy's okay. But they come up against a very good Port Adelaide tonight, and we'll just see where they're at. And if they play really, really well and don't come up mm-hmm. with a result, they can still be proud of that. And you're going, great, yeah. great, Mr. Smith yeah. from 3AW. That's, 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 a, that's a reasonable perspective. It's a reasonable perspective of it. It's not coming from when your head coach. you're responsible for the mindset and the mentality of your team... You need to do more. You need to do more. You need to be clearer. You need to be better. You need to be more confident. You yep. need to have that charisma. I made the note here. I use club, not team, for Port Adelaide, using this as an example. This is... That slip, that it happened once, that it happened again, he won't say it again. We can't. You can bet your bottom dollar if he will not say it again. Yep. Um, that's the media team. That no one feels comfortable in saying it, going, stop, don't talk about that. And if you don't feel comfortable having that conversation... Have yep. it with Brad Lloyd. Yep. If Brad Lloyd doesn't action it, have it with Kane Little. Yep. And sit there and go and we look at the feedback, mate. Yeah. Don't we can't. This is this language is not acceptable. Yep. And if it comes back to us that oh, it's because the you know the team are a group of sensitive souls and whatnot, I'd go. I don't fucking care. Yeah. It's, no, gotten, to the, it's gotten to the point now where we've done it their way. Yeah. And they haven't shown up. And if our souls are that sensitive, you've probably got half a dozen guys that you need to be able to. Um, lever out of your football club in some way, shape, or form over the next two years. Yep, yep, absolutely. So because is, that's if they're going to ride, if, if they're going to ride those sort of bumps that heavily along the way, they're not the blokes that we want. No, they've got no oomph about them. No, absolutely. And that's a concern where, like, oh, I don't know, but surely what you want is that hard nosed, hard edge mentality of when you're in the race, when you're ready to go. You know, it's fun winning. Winning's fun. And we're going to talk a bit about some fly the flag, show the love moments later that didn't happen. Yep. And that typifies an approach that is bred from Teague's ho-hum mentality. Yep. Because Teague isn't driving the standard, clearly. Well, not not from what we heard and saw. No. So, I'll look, I said, I saw your comments after you made them. You obviously weren't on the show. And I sort of just wanted to double back on that because I think given what happened on Saturday night, I think it was worth talking about again. Well, and look, it's, it's one of those things... Like you said, if he makes the error, he's made the error. But the hardest thing was, if we lost, it was always going to be talked up. And we could have lost it by a point, and we could have lost it by 101 points, and it was going to be talked up. Mm. Now, Port still went in favour, albeit marginally, 
So the expectation was still Port was going to win. But yeah. I just don't think you show your hand like that. No, you don't. If you, that's your attitude, you, in you, you don't expose the chink in your armor. No, you know, you, not at you, all. You go in like I mean I know we talk about Kingers on this uh, this episode too much or mm-hmm. in this in this thing, but he always talks about. Do you remember the game? And they talked about it from Friday night as well. When St Kilda rocked up on a Saturday night against Richmond, when Richmond were the best team in it, they beat them by fifteen goals. They absolutely smashed them, and St Kilda, for all intents and purposes, they weren't a good side at that point. They were very, they were, they were kind of where we are at mm. right now, but they've gone in with a game plan and they said, "Look, this is where Richmond's vulnerable, and if we get to play our way and we do this, we reckon we can unpick them, and we reckon we could, we we can score quite well on them." For the first time ever, a coaching group have. Nailed it, mm. <laughs> and and it played out to script to the ab to ev- every single element of it, and they've turned around, turned around, and won by fifteen goals. And you've gone, wow, we. And it was just when coaching outdid talent and everything else that happened on the ground. So it can happen. So again, you don't lead no. in an interview with, oh, we might not win this. It's we've done our work. We know how we go- we will win it. And this is, and we're not going to say this is the game plan. No, but you, say, sit, you sit. I, you, you just most of what he said was fine. Yeah. Most of what he said was fine. I think most of what Teague says most of the time fine. is fine, but there's nothing. There's nothing. No rah rah, and nothing like you jump on my back and. Yeah, there's nothing that makes me go. Oh, I'm ready. I, I love you, Teague. I mean, I don't know if people saw it. So, Sean's Hawks. Um, <laughs> so we did a little thing. Um, obviously, the result didn't go our way yesterday. Casey had a very powerful forward line. At you know, Sam Wiedemann kicks seven, seven, and you know, yeah. Ben Brown's down there kicks three. Magic doors roaming around. So it made it made it difficult. But on Saturday morning, um, the Box Hill guys invited David Mirror down and we did a little video of him talking to the guys on the eve of the season and he, he didn't do a jumper presentation as such because we had like 15 debutants <laughs> when we last played. But there was this, this powerful, this great moment. He went, if anybody knows anything about VFL football, if anything knows anything about the club and about David Mirror, he just encapsulated everything of it. And he just went, it was a fantastic talk. He was measured and he sort of spoke about the jumper and what it means and how you can be a good teammate. And he was little things that he said, you know, you turn up, do you turn up on time? Are you wearing the right thing? Have you said hello to people? You know, have you been polite to the trainers, etc. And it was all these little things about put yourself in a position where you walk off the field and you walk out of the rooms at the end of the day. Was I a good representative of this club? Yep. And none of that is about betraying a sense of confidence that we might win, we might not. Geez, we hope we win, but if we don't, it's okay. None of that. You see, it's all about top level mentality, yep. and it all flows down from your from your board, you know, your, your CEO, your head of footy, your coach, your captain. Yep. And we're going to go through this briefly. Timbo, the chicken salads, Weedering and Walsh. That's about it. Look, I'm going to throw one out, but I'm Levi. No, I actually like Mitch McGovern. Levi, I, that will quickly. That was probably Levi's best game. Look, it was for a while. It was. It, he actually looked like his body. He's back. I, at, when he kicked the goal, I thought, maybe he's back on the meat. <laughs> maybe he's had, a, had himself a protein shake. <laughs> the big tomahawk. Um, so, yeah. yeah. And look, there, I, I did like Levi's contribution. Um, and as I've said, I, I'm always, I've always really, really liked the positives that Mitch McGovern brings to the, to the game and what makes Mitch McGovern who he is, his strengths, if he gets to play footy on his terms, he's he's just a weapon. Well, of a so player. we're going we're to talk a little bit about him. He's one of the names I've got down when we get to the chicken shits, not for performance, yep, but for how do we utilize him? Correct. So 
I agree. I thought Mitch was fine. He came in. He's on a hiding to nothing. Oh, absolutely. Generally, in, in the eyes of Carlton fans, he's the scapegoat. Um, very few players in our team could execute the square up that he did to Jack Nunes. Yep. Um, he was he was great. He kicked a nice goal. He went back and sort of looked okay. Yep. Um, Mitch McGovern, the player, is not a problem. No. Mitch McGovern, the contract is a problem. He is a problem. Mitch McGovern, yep. the talent, you yep. sort of going. Yes, we're probably not probably we've overpaid, etc. Based on what we've got in return, yep. there is a broader structural conversation to have there about why he was brought in and what he was brought in to do, and he hasn't had the opportunity to do it through injury and injury to others. Um, but but we've th- also said with Mitch, the question, biggest question with Mitch, Mitch is what's his next contract? Yeah, it's and, nothing. And what and what does it look like? And so long as you're not overpaying for the output you get later, and it might actually be a Daisy Thomas situation. It's exactly where right. We overpay up front, but then you, get and you a overpay good deal. when you're not paying anyone else. Like, yeah, and, you, and is it the worst thing ever? But you Probably get a, not. You get a good deal on the next one, yeah, and you kind of end up in the middle. Yeah, well, you do. You sort of go, oh, and then when you're ready to play your best footy, if he's playing his best footy, yeah, hurrah! Absolutely. Uh, look, we I said Weeders. Weeders was great again. Um, had his moments on on Charlie. Charlie's an enormous man. Is a handful for everyone. That one hander that he took can't do anything about that. Well, one of how many goals did Charlie kick? Well, he missed that set shot. But one of them did he kick two? Because one of them he did not kick. Weedering was off the ground. Correct. Yep, you're right. So you kind of I don't know how he. I might actually quickly look this up. How many he ended up kicking? One of them was not on Weedering. No, I think there was one that he kicked down the other end of the ground at the city end third quarter. Mm. And he pulled one out of his backside on that one. And, and as you said, it was after Wiedering had gone down on, on the wing. Uh, and you kind of thought, yeah, that's that's representative of our night tonight. You know, the the yeah, one bloke so that's standing up and doing well. So Dicko, Dixon kicked 2-1. Two, 2-1. One. Two, one. Yeah, yep. so three shots at goal, one of them when he wasn't on the ground. Yep. You kind of go, mate, that is a job well done. And, and in a game where Port had too much uncontested possession... They're a skillful side. They were able to move the ball too well and put us under pressure down back. Our back line actually stood up really well. Okay. Now, now we're going to talk about the chicken shits and, and there's obviously a couple of glaring issues on the night. Um, in fact, all throughout the whole night, there, there were just glaring opportunities that could have seen us take our opportunities to be able to score and prevent the opportunities from the opposition to score that we just didn't take. No. Uh, we'll get to that. Yes. And then lastly, the chicken salads, unless you have any more. Look, Sam Walsh, is just he just is what he is. And we've run out of praise for him, to be honest. Who was our leading possession getter? Uh, that is a good question. Was it? I don't know if Ed got more than him or not, but I think what I was going to lead into is I'm pretty sure he was our leading Walsh, possession yep. getter. Yep. He kicked let our goal. clearances and he let our tackles. Kicked the goal. And he kicked the goal. He, he is just... Like you made the comment that the start of last season, you said, "Is he our best player now?" He is our, best, our player best player now, and he and um, in the Prenders, like he and Weedering streeted the field last year. They're doing it Already. again. Already. Um, they are superb, and we are so fortunate to have both of them. Um, just a outstanding pair of players who. Whether it's one of them, either of them, both of them are the next captains of the footy club. Imagine how fucked we'd be if we drafted Connor Rosey. <laughs> Josh Shackey. <laughs> what a shit, yeah. yeah. Jesus, what a nightmare. Uh, on to the chicken shits, and there's a few of them. And look, this is probably going to be a bit broader than Saturday night in isolation, yep. I think, this conversation. We're going to start off with, I think, the, the lead. We don't want to bury the lead um, because this is emblematic of, of the club at the moment. There were two moments, one of them... One of them very particularly, the other one potentially. 
they're called fly the flag moments. Scott Lysette's got Mark Pitnett pinned to the ground yeah, on, a, on a sort of centre half forward ish, half forward flank ish. Yep. For a minute. Yep. Long time. Just got him pinned to the ground. He's mauling him. And Pito's probably giving as good as he got in the sense of fighting to, you know, he's probably grabbed him and r- grappled him to the ground. But Pito's ended up on top. Well, Lysette's ended up on top. Well, sorry, Lysette's ended up on top, sorry. Um, the other one was Dixon throws McGovern to the ground. Yep. Give away a free kick. Game's over. Realise the situation of the game. Yep. Porter got it comfortably in hand. That's why they're doing this. That's why they're imposing their will physically on the game now. Give away a free kick. Come in. Bowl him over. Reverse it. Don't care. Because what has happened instead of that, Timbo? Yep. Mitch McGovern, not as much, but a little bit. Mark Pitnett, absolutely... He walks from the field on Saturday night looking around at his teammates going, fucking none of you have got my back. You've got my back, yeah. None of you got me. And, and in fact, his effort on the night, like Lysette's right. a funny footballer who's, his best is very good, yep. but then at times he looks just a bit middle of the road. Um, and Pitto took it to him and he worked and he competed and he, and he bashed into him all night. And yep. I, I, I genuinely reckon... Well. He had a yeah, shot. He had a shot. But look, I, thought, I thought, thought he did kick one. I thought Pitto was fine. If if the umpires had looked after him, he very easily could have had another five or six free kicks because I reckon Lysette was manhandling for a lot of the night. And and so I think as a result, in the instance where Lysette ended up on top of him and there was still not an umpire to be seen paying a free kick because once you're on top of him, it's incumbent upon you to get off the bloke to end the tater tater that you're mm. having. If you're still st- you know astride a bloke on the ground... I reckon you're holding him. Well, this and I is, reckon you're retarding him from getting to the next contest. Yeah, so what, what, what's wrong with a free kick to get rid of it? I think... Because realistically, other than that, there should have been a fucking melee at that point. And there there should have been a melee. The, the actual, and and, and there should have been a melee. It's an interesting point you raise. The umpire not stopping it. He's actually lucky there wasn't an all-in. Correct. Because, and there the only, should have been. And the only reason there wasn't an all-in is because it, it, it hurts me to say it, but we've just got a bunch of fucking pee hearts. Yeah. You're sitting there going, Levi, mate, we've been waiting 10 years for you to be an enforcer. And I don't want to point the finger at a guy who, to be brutally honest, I actually don't know for sure if he was on the field at that point. Yeah, he exactly might have right. been having a rest. But if you're not, I can get into Lysette at the next opportunity. Yeah. Well, as you say... Stand it, up it, for your mate. It, it wouldn't have taken much for a Carlton player to run from wherever they were, barrel into him, and hit him knees first in the ribs. Absolutely. Because I tell you what, he wouldn't do it again. You see, you got to, and unfortunately the message that's in Port Adelaide on the night, they were up and about, they're in control of the game, let's freewheel around here physically. Yep. They just let us get away with it. Yep. What happens when we play Brisbane? They're, they're weak as piss. Yep. Get into them. Yep. Well, you've always said they're for a long a period of time, and I, I honestly, I hate it when you say it, only because it's 110% true. None of the opposition respects they us. They don't respect us. Don't and this is another us. example of that. You look at your teammate and go, Pito's fucking, that's not on. You know who flies the flag? People give this guy a lot of crap. Lockie O'Brien. He, he would. Think he about would. it. People can give this guy all the crap in the world they want. He's obviously been told to be more physical, to be more assertive. He's obviously been given that directive. Yep. And he at least follows the directive. He would have gone over and he would have been out of his weight class. Yep. But he would have been pushing and shoving. He would have got into Lysette. Yep. He would have. And people can, to me, that's more important. And like some people going, oh, it's not a big deal. Start a melee. Yep. Give away a free kick. Give away a 50. Don't care. Exactly right. Because when you walk off the field in the edit, you know what's funny? In a football club, when they walk off the field, whether it be today or t- yesterday, whenever they did the review, 
those moments would have come up, you know, the only person who would have got a pat on the back would have been the guy who defended his mate. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. You, you cut the tape. And it was the same thing as what was it two years ago when Mumford got creamed uh, Mark Murphy and Robert Walls nearly had a coronary. Robert Walls would have sent someone out to go get him. Yeah. Yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah. And oh, look, it was, as you I say, think was like, it the third quarter? When that happened, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think I'll, it was. I, mean, I said to Dad, I would have gone in. That no, was because then the ball went up the other end of the ground, so that's where Port was kicking to. I, I would have said to in the huddle, I almost wouldn't have talked about anything but that. Yeah. And I said that's bullshit. Yeah. Going, that's weak as piss. Go Cripper, Levi, whoever. Going, that's go. Who who are our enforcers? Yep. Who are our physical players? Well, going, who, who who wants who wants to represent something? That's just and not and, but not in that no. Like it's not even as holistic as represent the jumper. It's represent your mate. What do you reckon Luke Parks would have done? He would have gone into him. Mm. I thought you were going to say Luke Hodge. Luke Hodge would have murdered Scott <laughs> Lysette. He would have decapitated him. <laughs> would have. And you go, but that's the difference yeah. in mentality. Yeah. You go, you can't have a bunch of nice guys wandering around who the other team knows are actually a bit soft. Roll yeah. over. Tickle their bellies, they'll roll over. <laughs> it's just pathetic. Yeah, and yeah, it's just yeah. we That has to change this week. We and can't it'll say be enough interesting about to it. see. But this is the club, isn't it, Timbo? They, the club shouldn't have to respond. No. If I'm out there, like, mate, if we're playing indoor soccer with mates and it gets a little bit scuffly, going, I'm not in there throwing, you know, knuckle sandwiches, but I'm in there kind of defending my mate. We're in under thirteen opposition. It was throwing cut lunches on uh, Saturday, uh, Sunday. Timbo went out and um, oh, smashed. Was opposition called him out for it. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think he wanted to have a go at me. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, the last thing you want is a tete a tete with a Timbo. I will take you down. Um, yeah, absolutely, buddy. Uh, look, that was really, really disappointing. Another moment for us is um, leadership and awareness. Now, I don't know if you saw this, Timbo. Did you see? from the ice hockey over the weekend. Did you see Sidney Crosby's effort? I missed Sidney Crosby's effort. You will want to watch this. I'm not even taking the piss. You will want to show your under-13s. All right. This is one of the most remarkable, just outstanding moments of awareness of leadership, hustle I've ever seen you know, in sport, full stop. So the Sydney, Sidney Crosby plays for the Pittsburgh Penguins. He's obviously an excellent player. I think he's won a couple of MVPs. He's won three Stanley Cups, the biggest trophy in sport. Yes. Um, they were playing the Flyers, I think. The ball, the ball, the puck is uh, deep in the Flyers attacking third. Obviously, there's been a face-off icing or something. Sidney Crosby notices that his defender, his teammate, his stick is broken or it's shattered or he's dropped it or whatever. But we're defending. Crosby obviously yells at him and he gives him his stick. Yep. Crosby goes to his defender goes, he's, he gives him a stick. His teammate then is able to get back in the defensive hustle. He wins the puck. Crosby goes. He doesn't have a stick. <laughs> you get to me at least had half a stick. He has nothing. Crosby does not have a, have a stick. So Crosby at this stage, he's sort of just a body. They win the puck back and begin to transition it up the ice. Crosby is on the opposite side to the bench. He darts at the bench. The equipment manager gives him a new stick, which he takes. He then beats... Two Philadelphia defenders to the puck and scores. Wow. I'll have to look at this. It is the most... It's 12 seconds. Yep. And it is the most jaw-dropping... You just sit there and go, <laughs> that's the captain. Not only the best player, that's the captain. Yep. Going, He has recognised this guy needs a stick. He needs to defend. He stayed active-ish as a body. Then he's hustled and he's beaten his, the, the equipment manager and beautiful scenes as two as a team. We spoke about team first. On the bench, the equipment manager is getting high fives, 
likely getting the teammates on getting around him. Yep. Just phenomenal. And you sit there and you go, that's an extreme example of something that's just amazing and happens so rarely that it's unfair to, to bring up. We do not have a single player on our list with that level of IQ. Jack Silvani. Maybe to be honest with you, maybe Weedering. Yeah, probably. in the sense of recognizing. Yeah. Um, but we we don't have it. We don't have anyone. We don't have enough players who live in that space. Look it up, honestly. Just type Sydney Crosby. No, no, I'll check it out tonight. Um, to the people on Twitter, it is twelve seconds. It is you will watch it five times. There's every chance the Beverly Hills under thirteens are going to get a look at it on Wednesday night. You will watch night. it, f- and this is a guy. Once again, people made the point. He's in his sixteenth season. Yeah, and he's still showing that level of, you know. So, I think that. Want, want and smarts. And just desire. Mm. And you're kind of looking at going, that's the gold standard yep. of effort, of application, awareness, whatever the other A's are. Yep. Um, and I just wanted to sort of go, you talk about our leaders, Cripps, Cripper, mate, you're trying too much. He's doing too much. He's doing the opposite of Sidney Crosby. There, there was the bit of play where he had Walshy charging through the centre of the ground and in the end he, he sort of, he was still so bullet a gate and all that sort of stuff and then he kicked around his body inside 50 and it missed one of our players probably by in any one direction by 15 metres and went straight to the spare defender and you, and you, and you sit there and you're going, Paddy, as a general rule, your kicking at the moment is really, really poor. Like it's it's obviously in his head and all that sort of stuff and, and he just needs to keep it simple. What did he, how did he make his name, Timbo? Handball. Catch and release. Yep. Free up someone else. Yep. You are. He is one of the greatest contested ball clearance winning players. Yep. And I don't. I, that's not hyperbole. No, no, he is. He's. The, he's. I think at that skill, he's the best I've ever seen. So I mean, I mean, Diesel was awesome. He could win it, whether it be static or on the move, and bring other players into the into the game. The only thing Diesel had was his his um, his execution by foot on either left or right was just unbelievable. And and that's that's the element that um, the Cripper doesn't have, um, and you'd want Crips to be able to work on it throughout the rest of his career and just try and improve it. But um, when it comes down to it, you're right. If we if we've got players that can be using the footy better than that, he should, in most situations, be looking to distribute to somebody else. That's his. That's his one wood, Timbo. That's thank you very much, Kingy. <laughs> that's his one wood, his five iron, his putting wedge. <laughs> like it's he's, that's I just don't understand why nobody's had the conversation. Again, is it leadership? Do they not want to have the conversation, Cripper? Because I know I would take about five fucking seconds to walk in there and go, Cripper, mate, you're doing too much. Stop it. Stop it immediately. And if you do it again, you were dragging you. I, I've half heard, I think I've read this on Twitter and I might have even heard some people touch on it. Is he in that awkward situation of he's in a contract year? Yeah, maybe. He's trying to justify what he is or isn't worth and he's just trying to do too much? Absolutely. It, it's, Absolutely. It's the absolute feel behind it. And you almost sit there and, and you genuinely, you would you would almost like him, and they do it in rugby league. Yeah, they sign contracts gone. a year ahead. You, you'd rather say, I'm going to explore free agency. Yeah. Or, and, and, and just the, or the, the, the opposite. Or say, I've signed. I've signed. Even if you haven't, say it's you have. off the table. Yep. So, yeah. Um, and, and then at least he knows where he's at and where he's going to be. The club does, the supporters do, and all that sort of stuff. And all the pressure, mm. it just disappears, and he can just do what he needs to do for yeah. himself. And then on the opposite side of the coin, you've got a guy like Doc who 
had a strange game because I thought he was quite, quite. I thought he was good in parts. Bar three moments, I think he played really well. You know, what the, you know what the frustrating thing is? He had a couple of horror moments deep, which cost us goals. Yep. And then his very next involvement after each of them was a fantastic moment. There was one pack bar he took you after go, the first drop going, mark, and, he, and you've gone. If you can take that, how do you drop that one? You just go, mate. You are like a little. To be honest with you, it's a bit of a pat on the back moment in a way. Yep. Because you're like you actually had the resolve to fly for it, to back yourself. To Mark. Well, it was an integrity thing, wasn't it? You know, he knew he knew that he was going to be questioned, um, and he's just gone. I'm not that player. You know, he, he's gone. I, I've just made a mental error, and I'm never doing it again. Done. And the response in that next pack mark was just exceptional. Um, and you sit there, and and it's moments like that where you go, that's why a captain. Yeah, no, exactly right, and that and, was, and then he wanted to be involved in the ball, and he yep. got the extra, you know he demanded the extra handball, and then tried to take that kick from, um, you know, inside the goal square, um, and he was looking to attack and be expansive yep. and push it wide and all that sort of stuff. And when it comes off, it looks great, but sometimes you just need to simplify it. Totally, and and that's the frustrating thing, <clears throat> you know. I, I've spoken in the past about no club here will ever do it because. It's hard to explain. It's hard to to win people over. I love what the Yankees do with their captain. I love it. If there's not a standout, yep. if there's not a Stephen Kernahan, we don't have a captain. You're all captains. We've got a leadership group. Yep. We don't have a captain. Yep. Going, but if someone comes along yep. and they're the captain, going, you get it. You yep. get it. You get the nod. So the Yankees have gone years and years. There's a few reasons for it, but they've gone years and years at a time without having a captain. Yep. And the idea is then when someone rocks up. And so what, is Jeter their last captain? or He might have been, yeah. yeah. I think Don Mattingly was a captain. Yep. Uh, Thurman Munster unfortunately passed away in a plane accident. That was one of the reasons because he, I think Lou Gehrig might have been and then sort of, you know, but I love that. that No one will do it, but I love that. Yeah. love that they sit there and go, and that's not necessarily a knock on a cripper or a dock because under this model, you'd be, you'd be leaders. Yep. You'd be in the leadership group. Yep. Weeders, Walsh, et cetera. You'd all be in the leadership group. But what then you've got is that spread across the ground. Yep. So that won't happen. It's a pipe dream, whatever. Uh, coaching Timbo, I put the tweet out. We spoke briefly about it off the top. We're being coached by the substitute teacher, aren't we? <laughs> I love your analogies. And and when you read it and you delved into it and you thought about your days in class when the substitute teacher came in. and It's party time. It was party time. It was mayhem. There's no authority there's no respect. I'm not <laughs> listening to this guy. No, no, exactly. I, I still remember we did, a, we did a spelling test in year eight with a woman by the name of Mrs. Heng. And this isn't a racist thing. This is just... That's her name. This is the way that happened. Mrs. Heng was reading out the words that we had to spell. And the word was plumber. Now, obviously, the secret to being able to so, spell plumber right is it has a silent B in it. Mm. Well, Mrs. Heng pronounced it plumber <laughs> and kind of gave way... <laughs> the trick but um, but that's the thing to me Mrs. Heng was the quintessential <laughs> you're just, not, qu- you're just not quite up to it yeah. like really but for me it just comes down to I don't think the playing group fear him no they don't and you need there needs to be a level of it's respect yeah. absolutely first and foremost but there needs to be a level of fear that what are the consequences the greatest yeah. of all time Fergie but there needs to be a level of this guy's going to he is going to tear through me like last night's Vindaloo if, <laughs> if I don't do what he told me yeah. to do or if yeah. I don't go when it's my turn to go or if I'm one of the players in the vicinity of Pitto and I don't help out. Yeah. Go, 
I'm in the gun. And realistically, I might be out of the team. I'll ask you a question. Will there be an all-in brawl against Brisbane next week? Yeah. Yeah, there will be. I think there will be. There has but, to be. And this is, this is Carlton. The, the horse has bolted. Well, no, look, I agree with that. But mind you, in the grand scheme of things, and I, and I know we said the same thing after the Collingwood game, so I, t- I temper what I'm about to say in that I don't absolutely believe it because I just need to see more of it. But if if you learn a lesson in a game that you're playing against, when you're playing against Port Adelaide, who, as you said, the greater likelihood is they're probably going to beat us because they're a better team than us. If the lesson that you learnt carries you through the rest of the season and beyond and you're better for it, it's actually not a bad thing. Mm. But we kind of said the same thing after Collingwood. We, that we didn't bring enough effort and all that sort of stuff. And, and, and it, it, it's the substitute teacher mentality where you're going... I'll, I'll be in the classroom and I'll I'll, I'll, I'll I'll do a bit of what I need to do, but I'm not putting in my best effort for Mrs. Hang. No, plumber. Um, and then you know, with Teague, obviously, we keep, I keep watching us play and when we play against decent teams, against bad teams, then obviously not as good as exploiting this as the better teams. They don't test you as sternly as the better teams. Well, what's our method? Because when we get the ball front of centre, we don't know what to do with it. We just kick it long to a pack. And you go, and that's not going to win your games of footy. Well, we actually made the comment, the bloke I was sitting next to that I work with, um, we used the same... Men- we, we we laughed, I reckon, two years ago when we kept on bong- bombing it long and high. Mm. And we just said, wouldn't you just love to see if we just dribbled the ball, chaos yeah. ball, along the ground into the forward line? Because we want the ball to... Clearly, we want the ball to come to ground. Because the opposition don't want that. Like, no. they can't set up for that. Now, it'd be horrendous to watch... And it, would make, and it would be no less effective. Well, it would at least ask a question of the opposition. And and when you're banging in high to the opposition the way that we were, like, and and I love Harry Mackay. Yeah, clearly I gave him two votes <laughs> on a full possession <laughs> game, mate. You're a big fan. Um, but he he can take a mark when he gets to run at the pack and yeah. has space and time his leap and all that sort of stuff. But he's not a pack mark no, no, monster. He, he's he. He can take a contested mark, yes, but he's not taking pack marks. Pack marks. No one's taking pack marks. Well, Mitch McGovern has in the past, and he. But I mean, might Levi. Be the guy that Levi can. can do it. Levi can do it. Yes, but it's such. We are basically saying, in the history, but they of do AFL, it one in ten, mate. There's a history in, in AFL football. These strong pack marks, they are rare as hen's teeth. Correct. And we're saying we want one every time we go inside yeah, fifty. Exactly right. You're going, you know how often this happens, yeah, Levi? You, yeah. No, no word of a light to him, but I reckon Levi is one of the best contested marks we've seen. He is. For his the last hands, decade, he's he, been from any team. He's as good phenomenal. as anyone you'll see. Absolutely phenomenal when they're not replaced with like Edward Scissor hands. <laughs> like, you know. But his hands are phenomenal. And we're basically saying to him, you've got to do that every time we kick it in. Yep. Please. We want five of them yeah. and make sure you kick it straight. You know, it's when like you get Seinfeld. It Paul O'Neill wants to catch a fly ball in his hat. That's right. I promised the kid three home runs. Because <laughs> I'm not really a home run hitter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, just watch our shape coming out of defensive fifty in the coming weeks, guys. Like, watch it; it's it's disgusting. Yep, it's absolutely appalling. It's not AFL level. And and like I like Adam Saad as well. But is it just me, or do you feel when he gets the ball, the first thing he does is run sideways towards the boundary line? I think and hem us in. I think he'd love to run along the tram lines, which we did a little bit in the second half. There was one bit of play in the. But he looks up. I think it's to be honest with you, man. I think that's a consequence of looking up and going. I actually need to buy us time yeah. to give me something. Yep. Because if I just go bullet a gate, run through the middle, I actually have nothing. Yes. And the web is closing in on me. Yep. So if I go a bit sideways, it actually is going to give us time 
fucking someone to present, someone to dart back, someone and, to do whatever. And he's been able to do those little dinky kicks in yeah. the space here and there and then attack long and all that sort of stuff. There was there was one bit of play where he was running through the middle of the ground and I think it was with Cripps and might have been Samo, but I don't want to put Samo in the gun unduly. But the three of them tried to share the ball and I swear to God, when they gave the handball, the bo- the handball was a foot away from where it had been prior. Yeah. So the bloke that was able to tackle person A was just ready to ta- tackle player B. Just gets a cheap B. two for one. And, and you sat there and you thought, guys, you're playing dumb footy. You're not good teams. It's about spacing. Basketball Absolutely. It's about spacing. So you don't, good teams, when they transition the ball through the middle, they run five metres apart more. Yep. yep. That's and exactly it, right. It's rugby. They we're run we're two feet apart. Look at how we structure without the ball. Our spacing is horrendous. Yep. Look at Port Adelaide, how they did it without the ball. Their spacing is, you can see the grid. They push as wide as possible. You see the grid. You actually yeah. see it. Collingwood yep. did it. You see it. And, and, and late in the game, because they were killing us, I thought, who are the guys that are responsible for this? And there was a bit of play when they've done a switch across the back line, and it would have been the last quarter. And Travis Boak sprinted. Mm. As hard as he could, and there was one other bloke, and it escapes me who it was, without any guarantee of getting the ball at the end. And this is in attack, not even in defence. Yep. Just working their asses off, and you Mate, sit there Sydney and you Crosby, go, be dangerous, be, yeah. be active. Yep. Um, we did okay with, you know, in terms of clearances and inside 50s and all that kind of stuff, to show that you're actually winning the ball and you're creating yourselves opportunities. The numbers are all right. The numbers, Timbo, the numbers look good for Carlton. The numbers look T. okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Timbo. Sorry, T. Sorry, T. The numbers look reasonable yeah but what they actually reveal is a stunning lack of method where you're going you actually don't know what you're doing with it when you get it um and then lastly this is my big one all i put down is two words timbo can we tell our players if they haven't heard it a thousand times before front position in attack yep i don't understand it's clearly it's they're either not listening and failing if they're being told they're either not listening well, they haven't been told because yep. they're not doing it. They don't play. They don't take front position. But I tell my under thirteens that, Sean. So, how hard can this be? <sighs> it's obviously a slog. I'm certainly not a revolutionist coach. No, down you're, not, at you're, Beverly not, Hills. you're not Norm Smith. <laughs> um, but to me, front position, Timbo, mate. Well, like, there was one bit of play when oh. Pitto was running out the centre of the ground, and the bloke. I keep forgetting he's a big guy. He's sort of got blonde hair. Cleary, Tom Cleary is the bloke. He was on. I think he might have been on Harry. And in the instant that Pitto kicked it, Cleary was in front of Harry and the kick went out in front of the contest. And Cleary took the easiest of marks. Harry pushed and tried to lay a bit of token pressure on late, but he just, he wasn't even position 1B, he was position 4. You own the front of the contest. Yep. You own it. You put your butt out. Stephen Coonahan is not playing back shoulder of his defender. Coonahan is saying, I'm in front, you're going with me, I'm going to stick my ass out, I'm going to make my arms real long, I'm going to get separation in my body to the ball. Going, these are the greats. But you're going, it's so, if you're not doing it, you're going, why are you not being told to do it? But but I guess, I mean, Matty Wright made a career of you know pushing off his opponent and then running back and trying to get a cheap one out the back and mm. whether he took the mark or ran on and kicked the goal. And that's fine. You can, that you can be crafty. There is a time and place to, to leverage, you know, leave someone under the ball. To use your body, all that. There's a time and place to do that, but not on every play. Not on every play, and particularly yep. when we're putting the ball high, you're sort of going, "No, you want the front." Yep. And that actually stops you from kicking the ball high because you're kicking it to a target. Uh, Timbo development. Development is officially a problem. Um, 
I'll use it just in a nutshell. So we're all big Paddy Dow fans. Got time for Paddy. Recognise that he's had a rough couple of weeks. Recognise that as much as I think he should play every week, I think we've just got to commit to that. But they've decided he's not playing very well or he lacks confidence. Where did Paddy Dow play this week, Timbo? Uh, he was warming up outside of the uh, the group, running around. Yeah, did, he, at... did, he, did he play a game this weekend? No, he did not. No, no, he didn't. That makes perfect sense. The guy's lacking form, lacking touch, lacking confidence, yeah. and we decide the best course of action for Paddy is do nothing. Is to do nothing this week, <laughs> to just sit on the bench. Um, that's us, mate. I said it earlier with a few of those other efforts. That is Carlton. Well, and as mate, you be say, be brave with the call. If you're going to effectively drop him, yeah. Be brave with the call and say, Paddy, we want you to go back to the seconds. And Liam Stocker obviously had a good day. We want you, Cunners, Stock, because we're pretty light on in the twos at the moment given our injuries. We want you three and O'Brien as well. Go run the show. Yep. Yep. Look, I, I would love it. And and I was scratching my head as well because for exactly the same reason, you sit there and you're going, look, if we get an injury in the first five minutes of the game and Dow comes on and he plays a full game, it's really good, yeah. Um, you know, unless Pitto's gone down, in which case it's we're not, very much at sixes and sevens. It's not ideal. Um, and and obviously we're seeing that pattern over time is you know medical subs will be used, but they're less likely to be than likely. There he is, the great man. He's alive, proof of life. Fabian Guadagnuolo. Hey, Fabaganushi, giant boob. We're just recording. Oh, I'll let you go then. Oh no, we've got you on the mic. On the mic. Yeah. You don't want to give the listeners anything? This is a surprise call in. Tony's well, talking. Yeah. Do you want to give the listeners a, a health update? Because you know we, we gave you a, we gave you a wrap up the off the top. There, there's obviously we, we haven't got any feedback, but I'm sure there'll be people who are concerned for you. Uh, you know, it's a Carlton podcast. Let's, uh, let's not worry about the trials and tribulations of my uh, health condition. Funny when I said that, I was scorned by Fabian, but now you're saying it, it's it's A-OK. That sounds good. You're enough. I think we've had enough from you, Faber Ganoush. All righty, let me know when it drops. All right, we'll speak later. Goodbye. That was a digression. Yeah, um, but, no, but, yeah, Paddy Dow, um, yeah, you just sort of sat and you, and you thought, he's going to be better off just dominating somebody. And uh, so, yeah, if, if you're going to make the decision to drop him, let him, let him, as you said, let him run the show. That, that, the, that's the absolute right words. If and you're going to make him, if you're going to make the conscious decision that this guy needs confidence, he needs some form. Yeah, he's not going to get it wearing a tracksuit on the no. bench. And, and in fact, what you're better off to do, and, and we've always said it in reverse as well, is saying, right, Paddy, um, we know how good you can be, and we've seen it pre-season, and we saw it in the practice match against Essendon and all that sort of stuff. You're a bit off at the moment, so what we're doing is we're dropping you for two matches. Just put an arm ma- around ma- him. Maybe, well, there's that too. Put, as in, but, put but, an but arm around him. But if you say, I'm going to give you three, and I want, I want you to go back to the twos, and I want you to give me 100 possessions. I probably, would, I probably wouldn't drop him for three. I'd just sit there and say, listen, Paddy, we want you to get some, some confidence and some touch. We want you to get back to doing what you can do. Yep. Um, we're going to give you a week in the twos. You're going to play under the Ruckman. And we want you to do A, B, and C. We want you to release. We want you to release stock, release cunners, release lob. Okay, that's what you're there to do. You're there to facilitate and run our engine room. Yep. And that's you. That is your role. Yep. Go. We, we have full confidence you can be the most damaging player on the ground. Yep. Blah, blah, blah. Go and do it. And you know what? You go out there, you watch the kid play. I'm sure they did. Because um, it was before our game, wasn't it? They probably would have watched the first half. Yep. 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 Um, 
at a minimum. But you go out there and what you go out to him before the game, you go out to him at maybe quarter time or half time and you you know, put a hand on his shoulder and just basically say, Go like this is a guy clearly who is wanting some confidence yep, yep. and wanting some love and you go go be the player that we see. Can I ask one question? Because I had a conversation with another Carlton supporter this morning, um, Brent Gleeson, if he's a list, if he's listening, shout, shout out, out. I actually, I actually went a slightly different way, and people that listen to this will say you blokes are hypocrites because of what I'm going to say. I might say that. Yeah, yeah, we've forever been saying play blokes in their positions. With the Sam Petrovsky seat and defender experiment, kind of not quite being what we want it to be, if you can push him back up the ground or even a half forward, you know, wing half forward, um, Tommy Williamson did not play a good game on Saturday night, but he wasn't David Caruso there. He was not David Caruso. <laughs> could you could you say to Paddy Dow, I'm sticking you on the opposition half forward, high half forward. It's dangerous. And I don't like that. Well, at least if your starting point is defence first. I would almost. And, and you respect him and you mind him. And then you, and you just sort of say, when you're ready to attack and peel off and get involved in the play from an attacking standpoint, do it, but just come back. Because we did it with Anthony Kudafidis when he was out of form in, what, 97, 98. Mate, if we're dropping down to a flank, I'd be more inclined to go the opposite side of the ground. But I think they had been playing him as a half-forward. But, like, I suppose more properly. And wasn't like, getting well, enough I of just, it. I just reckon... Paddy Dow, like, remember when he would go through those phases where he couldn't kick for goal? Yeah. He's just like, you know why it's glaringly obvious? Because he's actually getting opportunities. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, this is going to sound crazy, but it sticks out because he's actually getting the ball. Yeah. Like, so he's showing a bit of awareness of where he I got need the ball to and go. he'd break away and he'd give himself time like, and then you'd like, see the error. When he was there, there were a number of times where he was spotted up inside 50. Yeah. And you're like, so he actually has a, a, a nous to be where he needs to be. Um, re Paddy Dow. If it was in terms of development, if it was one player, you'd wear it. Yep. Not all, not all turtles, Timbo. No, this is true. Um, if it was one player, you'd wear it. It's not one player. It's everyone. So when the club sits there and tries to scapegoat, and I am absolutely chips in on them trying to scapegoat Sauce. Yep. It's Sauce's picks, their, his kids, their kids are shit. So I'll give you some names. Paddy Dow, Lockie O'Brien, Liam Stocker, Sam Philp. David Cunningham, Matthew Kennedy, Will Setterfield, Sam Petrovsky, Seaton, Zach Fisher. All highly rated juniors, Timo. Yep. All of them have AFL attributes. Yep. All of them are AFL players. Yep. None of them are given the platform to succeed within the Carlton Football Club system. Discuss. It's pretty hard. It's pretty hard to... Um detract from what you're saying when Matthew Kennedy was recruited to be an inside midfielder and plays as a half-forward flank invariably, sometimes changing midfield. Zach Fisher was a wingman half-forward. He's playing in the forward pocket when he plays. Setterfield's playing on the wing. He's an inside midfielder. Uh, Paddy Dow's playing half-forward when he's an inside midfielder. Lockie O'Brien's, what, a half-back flanker wingman they're not playing him. They're not, not exposing him, him to all. opportunities. That extends to Mitch McGovern. Yeah. Yep. That extends Sam to Samo Petrovsky. Seaton. Well, we yeah. did we touch? We well, he was the same. He was he was 
he was an inside midfielder wingman. Is he? And I'm not. I'm not for one second. I'm not comparing apples with apples. I I completely understand that. And it, he wears the same number and all that kind of stuff. To me, Samo is Sam Mitchell in the Hawthorne setup. Yep. And I, I get that it's an unfair comparison in a lot of ways. Yep. And in it's an obvious comparison in some. But to me, he's the guy who is just just the class. You know what Mitch did so brilliantly? Kept it simple. Yeah, he did. Like, he, you didn't often see Sam Mitchell kicking at 50 metres to a bloke nope. on the lead. Nope. He'd get it on the inside. He'd give the handball he'd or stretch, a short pass. And he'd stretch and he'd pull the field from the middle of the field. And he would yep. make the opposition go to places they don't want to. Yep. He would bring the guy in short, which would release the guy behind him. Yep. So much clever, so much smart, so much IQ, and we're just not using it. Um, McGovern, McGovern's misused. Gibbo, Gibbo's misused. Yep. Murph, misused. Yep. Um, it's just not. It's just not good enough. And like I said, if it's one of these young kids or maybe two of them, not every team has a hundred percent hit rate. No, that's right. But it's all of ours, unless you were a fucking wonder kid, unless you were like literally. I don't even know, like footballing Jesus. Savant. And you're Sam Walsh, Jacob Wittering. Yep. Unless that is who you are. And Harry Mackay's kind of like developed at a reasonable clip. Yep. But you just go nowhere with us. We don't know what to do. We don't know how to develop you. And unfortunately, that's why we've got to this stage and we are where we are. So what are the what are the levers to pull now? So... Because I sit you know, there... They need to, to realise it, Tim. They need to accept it. They need to sit there and go... What are we doing? Is it, hey mate? Is this is this stupid? Am, am I am I having a stroke and I don't even know it? People would go, oh, if you're going to get this guy, and you'd get him to be a recruiter. Yep. Wells as a head of football. Yep. Been around a footy club for fucking since the dawn of time. Yep. No successful footy clubs inside and out has a scope over the most important part of a footy department. Clearly. Um, why would you not kind of ask the question of this guy getting this guy involved some way? Well, Melbourne's flying at the moment. They've got Mark Williams head of development, and I'm not saying I'm not saying Wells as a no, development, no, no, but he's sitting there going as somebody who was clearly he would have seen Paddy Dow and O'Brien were under his nose. Yeah, but he would have seen these guys as a start. He would have seen Stocker, all these guys, and he'd basically be going. He's the sounding board to say to your Luke Power, just go and look uh, Paddy Dow's strengths A, B, and C. Etc. Going. What are we doing with him yep. to actually realise that? Like people don't want to hear it. Patrick Dangerfield's not a perfect footballer. No, no. Dustin Martin's not a perfect footballer. They are incredibly highly functioning, ridiculously effective footballers because what they do well, they are allowed to do. Yep. And in spite of what the opposition try to do to be able to, they try to do. Paddy Dangerfield is not a great kick. No, he's not. Paddy Dow's not a great kick. Dangerfield wins it. He's strong. He's competitive. He's had that drilled into him. He's had that honed. Dusty has an extraordinary amount of confidence. Arguably one of the most confident players we've seen. Yeah. In terms of total disregard, everything else that everyone's doing, yep. how that might affect him. Yep. And the team lets him do it. Yep. And that's why he wins them games. So what we need to do is fully and properly own. These guys have AFL traits, AFL strengths. What are they? How do we coax them out of them? How do we... You know what you do? Like, Tim, I don't know about you. I wouldn't necessarily look at our list. Oh, sorry, I would look at our list and say, who are our best X players, 22 players, who are our best? And sit there and go, what is the best style of football to play given what we have? Yep. Not, this is how I want to play, and uh, Samo, that means you're going to have to play 
as maybe a back, like maybe that. a back pocket. Yeah. Uh, said is you're going to play on the wing, Murph. You're going to play in the half forward line, etc. I wouldn't be putting square pegs yep. in round holes. You'd be going. What do we have to do to be most competitive with what we have? Well, I think, I, I think when Teague came to the club and he and he coached his first, um, his first half season in charge. The very first thing he did was he said, I want everybody to play to their strengths. And they seemed to pick blokes in positions where they had previously played their best football. And interestingly, it was Brisbane who we came up against that day. And we came from five goals down and steamrolled them and won pretty comfortably. So it's funny that we've already proven that we can do this against this mob. And, mm. and this is a mob that in that season finished on top of the ladder. And in the season just gone have won their first final and hosted a preliminary final. So we're not, we are not we weren't playing a dud side. So we've done it before, but I think, as you sort of say, from where we're at now at two and three and a lot of supporters that were very disillusioned after Saturday night. For, the, I, for I, some I think, of the wrong reasons. Well, there just needs to be a shift, doesn't there? Because yeah. there, it, there just seemed a lot of the players on the ground looked frustrated. Very and whether that was by their own efforts and their own performances. What they're being asked. Or performances of others or what they're being asked to do. Agree. Uh, and then lastly, just on the chicken shits, Timbo, you're not going to like this. Do it. Fitness. Oh, look. We weren't. We, we are not fit enough. No. And there was an effort that typified it that did the rounds. Jack Nunes. Yep. That's not Jack Nunes. No, he's, as you sort of said, when you actually saw the lack of effort and the fact that he did give up, he, if you said... If you wrote a list from top to bottom of the guys that were most likely to do it to least likely, I think Ed Kerno's the guy that would have been at the bottom of your list. Yep. Jack Nunes, if he's not the immediate rung above, he's very, very close that, in that, the vicinity. That, to me, I was watching us and through parts of the second quarter, we looked very heavy-legged. Yep. And I'm sort of going, oh, this isn't great. Is it the Gold Coast factor? So why is this? Yeah, maybe I'm going, geez, we look really sluggish. Well, Gold, again, Gold Coast kicked one goal. True. Granted, they're playing Western Bulldogs. And then... When Nunes did that one sort of late in the game, you sort of just went, if Nunes is doing that... We must be pretty cooked. We must be cooked. If he's cooked, like, mm. to that level, we must be done. So that's that's a bit of an issue. Um, and even our seconds faded out badly. Well, it's actually funny you say that. Yeah, we led by five goals at three different stages of the game and still gave it up and got beaten by, what, two points in the end, three points? It's like the old, you know, Spursy. It's very bluesy. Yes. To do that kind of stuff, isn't it? It's become that. Timbo, we're um, going to make a, a change of lanes here and uh, we're going to go into... You've got mail. That one's for Fab. I got the sting right this week. Love it. Um, so into the mailbox. We had a great response again. It was a late shout. Um, Adrian Salerno, Fab's mate. Uh, interesting as we approach the Brisbane match, we'll be front and centre in the media this week as we were in the lead-up to the 2019 game you mentioned, Timbo. Yep. Um, yep. Why does it take this to happen for us to wake up? How do we break this cycle? To be honest with you, Adrian, it's um, that's the if we had the answer um, in terms of the club, that's what they've got to fix. There's a level of leadership, I think, that comes from the coaching group, that comes from the playing group to own getting better, to being in the right mindset. But but equally, you know, assuming we do what we did. Um, against Frio, against Brisbane, and we actually come out and we have the requisite intensity and it works and we perform. And again, win or lose, we perform and all the supporters walk away and go, happy with that. Well, that's your baseline. 
and that's been our problem is, and, it, and it's the substitute teacher comment again, we can do more, but at times we're electing not to. Mm. Why? Yeah, we're all professional footballers. There are a set of expectations. We pride our performances on, on the way that we go about it, but too often the collective effort is left wanting. Totally. Ash Gallagher's got in touch. Would you commit to playing uh, Dow, Stocker, Lobb, Cunningham for senior players in place of them, i.e. Dow for Kennedy, Stocker for Ed, Cunners for Murth, Murph, Lobb for Nunes, etc. in like-for-like positions? We're not a top eight team with those senior players in, so why not invest in those that could get us there longer term? Um, I, I agree to an extent, is that I think that's, that's tantamount to, from a club's perspective, an admission that the season's done. But as radical as that would be to do that, it's actually almost probably the most responsible thing to do. Well, it, there probably needs to be a culture change at the club and who better to bring a cultural change in than the, the youth and exuberance and the talent that we think that we have. But you, you've got to you've got to do it in the right way and it may not be four in, four out, but it may be a slower transition than that because, again, you, you can't... You come up against a Brisbane who are a little bit more battle-hardened than some and you go in too young and you expose yourself and you're almost in a position where you can't win. Mm. So you, you do have to temper that. You know, maybe if you come up against an Essendon a couple of weeks later, maybe you can throw a few more younger kids at them because that's what they've been doing as well. And, and, and you've got to... But in doing so, you've still got to respect your opposition at the same time. You can't go in too young and think we're still good enough to knock you off because the opposition are going to say, hey, look at what these assholes are doing. Yeah. They're loading up in youth and they still think they're better than us. Yeah. Let's teach them a lesson. Totally. You, you can't expose yourself. Uh, Christian, now that we have five rounds in, what's a realistic finishing position for the season? At 12th. Well, we're sitting 11th at the moment and yeah. I couldn't – I looked at it today and I kind of thought it's kind of where we deserve to be. Yeah. Absolutely. But then equally, in the same way against the Collingwood game, a little bit of you goes, we've been beaten by four and a half goals by Port. We've missed so many opportunities in front of goal. Defensively, we've been poor on a couple of occasions. We haven't fought out the game, and we still got done by four goals. And mm. so there's a big part of you that goes, well, what is what is our best afford us? If we play our best football... We just don't play it long enough. But we don't play it for long enough. Um, DBL. If we were to make another senior coaching change, having seen through two failed coaching appointments, do you think those involved uh, in senior management positions, uh, brackets we know who, remain tenable? Uh, realistically, no, but they won't be going anywhere. Realistically, if, if you're a board that has started this rebuild, that has realigned the rebuild with Teague, and then decide this isn't the way to go, realistically... You, you probably should follow them out the door. But Absolutely. They, but they won't. Well, I, I think, as you say, to that end, to that end, there has to be a change. There has to be a change either um, at a playing cultural level that suddenly that starts adopting the message that's been given to them and, and the change comes from within or we're going to get a lot of the same old, same old and then the million-dollar question will be, will there be a strong enough group outside of the board that seeks to do something different and demand something different? I think if things continue to track... It would have to be massive. If things continue to track the way they are looking, a well-organised, and somebody has said this to us, a well-organised challenge would be compelling. It would be the right time. 
a well-organized, well-drilled, put together, the right people at the top, a well-organized challenge would roll them if things kind of go the way they're going. Yep. Um, Junior, good to hear from you, June. Is the good doctor back? Hello, Junior. Mm -hmm. The LMC, uh, did Dr. Tim conduct Weedering's concussion test on Saturday night? I reckon you would have just said, go, Weedus, Weedus, you're good. You're good. And then just run off. <laughs> you would have done it on the field. He would have given, you, given him the thumbs up. How many fingers am I holding up? For the listeners, I'm holding up three. That'll be five, Dr. Davis. You're good. It's close enough for me. Just get back on the mark. Um, if he'd have said seven, I was only holding up one hand. How could it be seven? Going, well, that's, you know, that's, cause we just, cause that's fine. That's good. Get back into it. Um, just trying to find the next one. We're sort of cast. And if you King. see two Charlie Dixons, just beat them both. <laughs> you can do it. I believe in you. And you give him a kiss and run off. That was one of the strangest interactions from a runner of all time. Um, uh, John S. We sort of and Trent. Uh, great questions. We just about our development and the like. Which, which Trent out of interest? Uh, Trent Main. Different bloke. Um, we've sort of we've sort of covered off those, but really good questions. Um, Ashley King, sort of likewise. Another great question regarding development and and the kids. Um, we sort of covered that off. Um, just trying to find the next one. Benji, again, where is the leadership and passion? With a few exceptions, there's no hunger. Too many of our kids are going backwards. Uh, don't think it's a player issue. It's cultural, and we sort of discuss that. It's fair enough. And, um, and look, you know, just touching on that, you know, we we sort of talked VFL before, and and obviously we we need to talk about the fact that um, uh, Liam Stock had 38 possessions on the weekend because I, I think given that we're looking for something new and something different and a, a different feel. To me, I, I, I cannot see the situation and circumstance where the match committee turns around and says, you know what, let's give him another game in the twos. Like, to me... Mate, there'll be pitchforks marching on well, Icon it, Park. It just has to happen. And and equally, David Cunningham's had 25 in the same game. It's and a for perfect. exactly the same reason, you sit there and... Look, we've talked about Murph and... And, and I, Murphy, again, not David Caruso... Um, but in his efforts, easy on the David Cruz. Yeah, if if we if there's if there's a if there's a situation where, as a club, we've said we need to get Murph to three hundred. Play him as a sub. Well, Baba Ganoush mentioned that this morning. Just play him as a sub. But then they don't count. If he doesn't yeah, come do. on, they don't count. Yeah, they do. Do they really? Yep. Wow. He might get a few of those. Yeah. Well, just, I mean, again, I just think, I, I was thinking more the opposite of saying, you know, if you need to give Murph a break to keep him fresh, then bringing in a Cunningham for a Murphy, to me, makes all the sense in the world because the style of football you're going to get is exactly the same, but you've got a guy who's going to be hard and hungry and ready to go. Well, again, Fabian mentioned with Murph, because Murph's actually, if, if he was to come on halfway through a third quarter... It'd be electrifying. He's actually pretty good. Like, yeah. it's a good option. Yeah. It probably makes sense. Uh, Byron's Again, unless Pido goes down. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Murph, you're in the ruck. Um, uh, Lord Byron, 74. Sean, are you able to discuss without betraying confidences what you observed from our VFL players last week? Interesting to get an honest assessment of where our carton-listed players are at. Look, to be brutally honest, um, I sort of thought going to that game, you know, covering it from a Box Hill perspective, oh, this will be good, I'll be able to kind of... But sort of doing what we do, you sort of find yourself... You're so focused on what's happening on our side of the ball, it is actually difficult yep. to to sort of rationalise what Carlton are doing, what they're trying to do, even as silly as it sounds. Who's playing well? Yeah. Unless they're absolutely dominating. Yeah. 
because you're sort of doing so much. But um, Carlton's performance in the twos wasn't terrible last week against Box Hill. They, they played really well for stretches with the wind and then against the wind. Um, they just sort of ran out of legs, to be brutally honest. Last yep. week, they I think, I think scores were pretty much level late-ish in the third quarter and Box Hill ended up winning by seven goals. Yep. Um, but they played some good footy to, to that point, um, which was sort of encouraging to see. But... Yeah, dead said just ran out of gas. Yeah, um, and, and look, we, we, we've got a decent um, injury, de- decent deep injury list at the moment, and you know it's it's going to impact your seniors, but it's going to have an even greater effect at um, reserves level. What do they do for top up players in the Carlton group? Or do they just um, have to sign more guys or yeah, whatever but else? I'm not sure exactly what their list. You can have 30 listed players yep. as a VFL club aligned. Uh, not a line might be able to have more. I'm not 100%, but uh, Box Hill's a line that you can have 30 players listed yep. to complement the AFL-listed players that will play for you. Uh, I don't know how many Carlton have got, but if they get to the point where they need more, um, I assume they could sign some more. Yeah. Um, from a, They would have a Northern Knights alignment, Probably. sort of an, an informal you know, partnership like Box Hill. have got one with Gippsland and uh, Easton yep. in a sort of an informal sort of way. Um that's probably what they would do. Yep. Um, Matt Gill, is Zach Williams fit enough to play in the midfield? From what I've seen, I would suggest not. Only seen three or four times a quarter. He oozes class but looks unfit. Flow on, Faber Ganoush has written into the mailbox. Hi, Ian. Why do we not play Williams in his best position, halfback flank, until he settles and releases Samo? Well, that would make a lot of sense. It, w- it would also... I think part of the deal I mean, um, was midfield. Well, no, look, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and But he's a big boy... And he loves the footy club. And if you sit there and you're going, our best way of managing you is to co-share halfback, wing, midfield, and, and maybe be a little bit half-forward as needed. But but as you... Because he does, he does just look like he's still not... The word's not proppy. I mean, Saad's a little bit the same. You know, they're both wearing a hell of a lot of tape and all that sort confident. of stuff. He's not confident. He's blown out our elastoplast yeah, budget. budget. The, the f- yeah. f- soft cap in the footy department's had a yep. hole ripped through yep. it by that. I've got a couple of similar ones here about um, Matt Baggers, 95. What on earth was Teague thinking when he thought it was a good idea for Kennedy to run through the wing? Uh, and we've got, uh, where is it, um, Adrian? Uh, why can't we let players play in the natural positions? It's just crazy. I think that it's we've got to stop the, the square pegs. We've just got to stop doing it. Yeah, we've got to stop. If that leaves us a bit short somewhere else, so be it. Put a put a willing put a soldier ant like a Matt Cottrell. If we don't have a proper whatever, put someone like him and just go do your best, buddy. Yeah, because we're not sacrificing Samo to a back flank. Yeah, well, it, it almost it maybe it's an exercise that we could do. In the background, and, and maybe you know, if Fab can't be on pod at the moment, maybe it's something that he can do in the background and, and assist us as well. Giving him homework. Yeah, but if we do, and we sort of did a preseason talking best twenty two. But if if you sit there and you're going by position, like there seems to be, it's almost like we're picking our best twenty two players and assembling them in some sensical order on the ground, whereas you're almost best to say who are your best 22 players by position, and if it means your 32nd best player on your list is playing on a halfback flank or wherever it happens to be, if that gives us a better balance and guys playing in position and they're high-quality players that are playing twos or being a medical sub, so be it. I think, unfortunately, we lack a bit of conviction at selection. We lack bravery 
at selection, and that's a massive problem. A massive well, I, problem. And I think that there's a big test this week to be able to say, you've got to do something different now, guys. Yeah. And, and look, there will be a response. And you know what this, the problem with this too is, so Stocker comes in, and now I, I, I already feel it. I already feel the unrealistic level of expectation on him. Oh, absolutely. I already feel it that this guy's, everyone's going to come in and if he has 15 or 16 yeah, touches. We had 14 touches. He had 38 last week. No, but if he has... No, no, that's what I'm saying. That's what they were saying. People go, oh, he's not very good. I'll say he should have had 26. And you go, well, he's, he's only played five games. And, and, and again, he, the, bet, the funniest thing, the, int- the interesting thing about Stocker is he wasn't ready to play senior AFL footy when he got exposed to it two years ago. No. We had a glut of injuries to our halfback flankers and back pockets then. And as a result, we, we just said, we need somebody who can fashion some sort of a response in that position for three weeks. And we said, Liam Stocker, have a go. And he came out, he worked, and he put effort in, and he showed skill, and he was hard, and he competed. And to a man, every Carlton supporter said, I really like this kid. And he's had a few challenges and setbacks since, which has been really disappointing because he, he looks like he might be made of the right stuff. Mm. Now he actually gets in on his merits, in his position, and he's ready to go. And I think, as you said, people are going to set the bar awfully high for him, whereas any other kid that comes in for any other team Matt and comes Cot- in and, and has 12, you'll go, good 12 possession game. Cottrell. Yeah, perfect and example. Fine. And that's fine. Um, yeah, just don't talk to any board members about Matty's, uh, Matty Stocker. Just don't talk to any board members about Liam Stocker because they'll just shit-can him. Yeah, because he's one of Sauce's boys. Um, and then lastly, John M. Honestly, lads, do you think Teague is up to it tactically? He doesn't seem to have progressed as a senior coach and consistently gets torn apart by experienced coaches. We play with little system and terrible skills. Uh, yeah, I agree. I yeah. agree completely. Yeah, um, it, it, well, it just seems the teams that we play against have a definitive game style and they know what they're going to do against us and how they're going to unpick us, and they seem to do it with relative ease. And I don't see our response. And then actually, lastly, Benjamin, he's, he's literally just commented now, I've, I've just gone back to the, the notification page, similar to what we said about Dow, he's, he's on the money. You know, Dow desperately needs um, some exposure in the twos, so what do they do? Medical sub. Medical sub, he doesn't play at all. Absolutely ridiculous, just madness. Um, it's been a good ep, Timbo, it's been great to have you. I can't let you off the hook before we speak about your <laughs> super coach debacle. It wasn't um, a debacle, but... You've been rolled. And I, I, I got rolled, and there were some very much schoolboy errors. I, I didn't have um, the emergency on Paul Hunter as my backup ruckman, and then Matthew Flynn wasn't named by GWS, so that left me exposed, but it only cost me 53 points, so it certainly wasn't the difference. I took Jackson McRae's um, 146 that he scored as the uh, captain's loophole, um, and then as a result bypassed um, Max Gorn's 176, which I could have got two times, but again, wouldn't have made the result. The fellow that I played is top 2,000 in the whole comp. I'm sitting in about 19,000, so I was up against good opposition, but it's early, it's early, and um, we'll just go back to our processes, and uh, we'll see what we can do and try and fashion a result. Your excuses do little for me. Too. Oh, I knew they I would. I don't want excuses, I want wins. So we've, have we slipped from top spot? I would imagine so. I would imagine so. But that's okay. You've gone from week to week to day to day. 
as a coach. We're going to assess how you how the boys train tomorrow because this is unacceptable. Well, we're going to show them some Sydney Crosby, so I'm pretty sure we'll see uh, a decent response. Uh, excellent, Timbo. Thank you so much for your time. Do quite seriously <laughs> go and watch this Sydney Crosby. I might actually just show you it now. Oh, we'll watch it after um, the uh, It's an absolutely outstanding moment. Um, thank you so much for everyone's questions. Thank you so much for everyone's ears for this episode. Hopefully we'll have Faber Ganoush back with us. I don't know if it'll be next week or the week after or whatever. It'll be back on deck soon enough. Um, Timbo? Always a pleasure, Sean. Thank you. Thank be you well. Fabulous. We'll catch you guys next time.